time for another edition of Legacy Listening. I'm your host, Nancy Predahl, Lampernearson President and CEO. As an advocate for enhancing resiliency and value within our communities, my passion lies in enriching our engagement in these vital discussions. With our quarterly podcasts, we hear from diverse and unique voices. In a world constantly evolving, it's essential to stay ahead of the curve, anticipate change, and make strategic decisions to shape a better future. To help us explore this concept, we're joined by our very own Lampernearson team members, Mike McIntosh, design group leader for our Omaha office, executive team and board of directors member, along with Kim Shanahan, our organizational development lead. You guys are old pros, but welcome back, Kim and Mike, to the show. Yeah, thank you. And good afternoon, Nancy. Um, I'm excited to be here. We've been doing a deep dive into thinking like a futurist over the last year. So we're excited to talk about it and talk about the future of Lamprey Nearson today. That's great. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be back a uh, second time on the podcast. This is really pretty cool. And yeah, I'll go ahead and build on what Mike said. We're so excited to be able to share all the things we've learned along the way with this new strategic planning process we have. Well, welcome to you both. We're glad you're here today with us. So as we think about casting our vision forward toward the future, Lampernearson kicked off a new 10-year strategic planning process this fall. We're always driven by our purpose statement and core values, and our strategic planning process is no different. It's firmly anchored in the idea of creating a guiding North Star, a clear and unwavering vision that illuminates our path for the future. This North Star will guide us through the complex terrain of industry challenges and opportunities helping us make informed decisions and investments, always really important. With our North Star as our beacon, we can stay true to our core values and purpose and ensure that every step we take propels us toward a future that reflects our commitment to innovation, sustainability, and enduring success. Mike, when you think about it, what does a North Star mean to you? So I love the idea of the North Star um, when I think about the North Star, I think about like the old ships I would navigate uh, using the stars. And so I, I think about if we could go back in time and look at those ships from above that were navigating with the North Star, they wouldn't be going in a straight line from point A to point B. They'd be zigging and zagging and they'd be going around storms and they'd be stopped for a while. But in general, the ship has that common goal that they're all working towards um, moving headed, headed towards. And so with our North Star, Lamprey Nearson, we're gonna have that common goal that we're all navigating towards um, together as a company. Um, we understand it's not gonna be a straight line. Uh, we're gonna need to pivot and change mm -hmm. directions. We're gonna have some storms that we're gonna have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we'll all be headed towards this goal, this North Star goal, which is, is really exciting. And I, I love that concept that uh, we are going with, with that North Star. Yeah, that's great, thanks. Um, you know, I can't help but think we're recording this on Halloween and the North Star makes me think of the Death Star, which makes me think of Loki, which makes me think of, you know, Star Wars and all of that pulling together. But your descriptions, you know, far more apt about what, <laughs> our, North Star, yeah, yeah, what our North Star should be, yeah. not not the Death Star, not the Death Star. So, <laughs> Kim, what is it, what does the process of creating a North Star mean for you? You know, I kind of had the same thought as Mike when I first heard about this concept of the North Star. I thought of the line from Peter Pan, second star to the left and straight on till morning, ah, right? It's your, you're the thing that guides you to where you're trying to go. 
So, you know, at Lane Pranierson, we live our core values and our purpose statement every day. They're simply a part of who we are as an organization. When we make decisions as an organization, it's important that those choices align with those core values and the purpose statement. The North Star is meant to also guide us towards the future. It's a preferred future that we're building through the strategic planning process. Having this North Star allows us to take our commitment as an organization even further by helping to guide our decisions and the direction as a company in a way that gets us closer to that preferred future through every choice that we make. I love that. Just that intentionality about how we're approaching the future is so important. You know, at Lampernearson, we believe that the future, with all its hopeful potential, is not a set of immovable gears and cogs within a predetermined clock. That static vision is not what we're about. Instead, we believe it's a fluid and organic space that can be fostered. Thinking like a futurist is about anticipating change, analyzing trends, and being open to new ideas. By considering various future possibilities, we can make more informed decisions today. Mike, you've been at the forefront of our new strategic planning process. How have you incorporated futurist principles into your work at Lampernearson? So like I said, I've done some research on this, but I'm still a beginner and I'm by no means an expert on being a futurist. But just what I've learned over the last year, um, I've kind of come up with three different mindsets that I've incorporated that have helped me think like a futurist. Um, So the first one is to really truly believe that we have the ability to shape our future and that the decisions we make today can affect what our future will look like. And so as you mentioned, um, the world is not predetermined. Um, I I remember a famous scientist once said that if he could have all the initial inputs given to him today, he could take that and predict the future. And we know that that's not true. The future is not just something that happens to us. It's something that we have agency on and and we we can have control over what our preferred mm-hmm. preferred future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So that's the first mindset. Um, the second mindset is really to understand that we're not trying to predict the future. We're not trying to say this is what the future is going to look like. We're looking at what do different futures, what can different futures look like, and how can we react to those different futures and those different outcomes. And so for me as an engineer, that's actually kind of difficult because we want answers. Mm -hmm. We want to say A to B and here's how we're going to get there. And so I have to go about that with kind of a more open mind and force myself to think um, a little more open-minded and kind of like go of that that attitude that, well, that will never happen attitude and to try to just try to be more open. Um, My favorite quote that I ran across when I was doing research on this is that Um, those that think about the unthinkable are not surprised when it happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We want to be thinking about the unthinkable, right? Yeah. And then the last mindset um, that I've been putting in place is just be intensely curious about the world, Um, identify signals and trends about the world, and then attempt to make connections between those things. They may be seemingly kind of unconnected, unrelated things, but at the end of the day, everything's kind of related. And so when I read like a news story or I read a new technology, I try to force myself to think, you know, how, how can that relate to what we do? Or how does that mm-hmm. relate to something else in the world and try to connect those dots? So those, you know, I've been doing those three things uh, kind of over the last six months. And I think those have really helped me 
start thinking like a futurist. Yeah, I love that. We at Lampron Nearson, we've been doing scenarios for a while. We started it in COVID at with Ernest with our senior leadership team about just looking at different futures. And when you practice those different futures, whether or not they come true, then you have the muscle memory to react in ways that can be beneficial. It's it, it doesn't catch you off guard. And right. I think it's important to build that muscle skill um, just so that we can be ready for what happens. And we, we're we not going to predict the future for sure. That's but, right. But we yeah. can be and ready. that's with, not the goal. Yeah, that's not and, the goal. But, but the goal is to be ready for the future mm-hmm. when it does arrive. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. In the scope of uh, human endeavor, our strength is magnified when we unite our talents and aspirations toward a shared future. We, we've seen that at Lampernearson over and over again. It's setting that intentionality about where we want to go. Across the company, we've engaged with our community of solvers to question assumptions, challenge conventional wisdom, and explore new solutions to address challenges and maximize opportunities. Recognizing that our strengths complement each other, the horizons of possibilities expands. So, Kim, when you think about this and the work that you do with us at Lamprey Nearson, can you elaborate on this concept of our shared vision and how do our united talents and aspirations contribute to this vision and how has engaging with our community of solvers, this is a really long run-on sentence here, question, how has our engaging with our community of solvers allowed us to challenge conventional wisdom? Sure. So we're employee-owned, and because of that, we all have a stake in our future, win or lose. In that way, this idea of a shared future is just baked right in. And also our greatest asset, we say this all the time and we really do mean it, our greatest asset truly is our people. It's the combined talents and expertise and passions of our team members that have helped us bring projects to life for our clients, for our communities that shape who we are as a a company. And on top of all of that, we are truly lucky to have a lot of trust between our organization and our team members. Mm-hmm. Here at Lamprey Nearson, we ask people what they think a lot. And they tend to be very candid with us uh, when, they, when they share their thoughts. And I think that stems from a commitment, not just to the work that we're doing, but a commitment to making sure that we're continuing to build the kind of organization that people want to have some sort of a shared future at. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think I, I love the trust that our staff members have with us to give us all sorts of feedback. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. It's pretty open. And I believe that we do, do hear the pulse of what people are thinking. Yeah. And, and we got feedback from facilitators and others that they, they've, they've noticed that, that our staff feels comfortable sharing um, their thoughts and their thoughts on what the future could look like. It's so important as we try to create this new North Star that people have that trust that they can come together and be heard and and that any kind of thoughts on the table, that we can really navigate that as we go forward. And we and we think about strategic planning and envisioning the future of Lampernearson. One undeniable force that shapes the path ahead right now is this evolving landscape of public perceptions and expectations. It's a very different world than it was five years ago, pre-COVID for sure. Uh, we are seeing a dynamic shift in how communities view infrastructure, environmental stewardship, and community planning. Their communities are being impacted day after day, storm after storm by climate impacts. And I think they're really starting to see how could this be different. As steward of change in progress, we must not only anticipate these changes, but also actively adapt our approach. 
So Mike, when you think about public perception and expectations about infrastructure, environmental stewardship, and community planning, um, how do you think that that will change in the next decade? And how can we adapt our approach accordingly? So I've thought about this quite a bit. And um, so what I thought about going back to like the 1920s, um, civil engineers were thought of as one of the most respected professions in the nation. Um, engineers were on the forefront of leadership mm -hmm. and in rebuilding our nation out of the depression. Mm -hmm. um, President Hoover was a engineer. It, having you know read that, um, I did some internet research just to look at what the most and least respected professions are in the United States today. And the interesting I found is that civil engineers, we don't even make the list. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we're not respected, it's just that we don't have that relevancy. We're, we don't even make, um, we don't even make the list because people aren't thinking about, about mm -hmm. that. And so I thought that was really interesting. And so moving into the future, I think civil engineers, landscape architects, surveyors, and planners, we need to be the leaders in addressing the significant challenges we are facing, uh, whether that be sustainable infrastructure, energy, public health and safety, and designing communities that can support everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think of very many careers out there that impact every single person in the world every single day, like our professions do. Yeah. So think about that. We affect every single person every single day in the world, uh, whether it be designing the roads we drive on, providing clean water, or planning the communities that we live in. So because of that, we have a responsibility and we need to find ways to bring that relevancy back that I, I said we, we just don't have that relevancy. We need to find ways to bring that back to our professions mm -hmm. um, through strong leadership. Um, so I think by setting our strategic plan in this North Star at Lamprey Nearson, uh, we can set ourselves and our company on the right path to lead into the future and to be able to tell those stories about what we're doing uh, with the community, with um, with the environment and become leaders again and become, you know, relevant and respected again. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, it has been a while since engineers were considered leaders in the community. So I think that the work that we do, the work that we do every day, as you mentioned, Mike, is just so impactful. And it, quality of life is completely different if you don't have the amenities that we have, it's, you know, especially here in the United States. Right. And, and I think the way to do that is through telling stories. People love to hear stories and we need to find a way to get our story out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think we can do it. It's just going to take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. We have seen one thing that stands out as we explore Lampanierson's path to long-term success and adaptability, a culture of continuous learning and innovation. Kim is our organizational development lead. How can Lamper Nearson continue to foster a culture of continuous learning and innovation within the organization to ensure that we remain adaptable and relevant? Mike mentioned the word relevant quite a bit. Right. So it helps that we're already doing a lot towards this. You know, you mentioned the scenario planning that we've been doing. We've also been talking to folks all across the company about what it means to think like a futurist. We do horizons planning with all of our group leaders. So the concepts that we're working on through the strategic plan are not new. So that helps. We have a, we have a leg up there. You know, we're also continuing to do a lot towards employee development, continuous learning here at Lampernearson. We have great internal learning programs like Learn the Legacy, which we're in the middle of right now, as well as the Leadership Sprint. Uh, the Leadership Sprint program, just as a great example here, 
It brings individuals together from across the company. They can turn their innovative ideas into real business-ready initiatives that take our company into the future. We've also been looking at non-traditional career paths that will help us provide meaningful advancement opportunities and leverage the broad spectrum of talent that we have here at Lampernierson. We also know we can't rest on our laurels. Developing our people is it's written into our core values and the rate of change simply won't allow us to put these efforts on the back burner. Yeah, when you think about change, we are in an era defined by rapid technology evolution and innovation. Um, professional services in the built environment finds itself standing at the crossroads of an immense transformation. As we imagine the future landscape of Lampernierson, we recognize the paramount importance of staying ahead in this dynamic industry. Kim mentioned it, we can't rest on our laurels. Mike, what emerging technologies and innovations do you feel are likely to impact the engineering and planning industry over the next decade? And how can Lampernierson stay at the forefront of these advancements? So just to start, um, I think the state of the world right now is that there's a lot of fear and anxiety around technology. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot about, is AI going to replace my job? Um, is AI going to go too far? Are robots going to take over the world? Um, I think we should be more optimistic about technology. Um, I think technology is going to make some parts of our job easier, which is going to allow us more time to create uh, and provide new opportunities. And, and just in my opinion, I believe technology will continue to create a better world as it has in the past. Um, people have always been a little bit worried about technology. I think it's always, most of the time, provided an improvement to society. So um, I like going in with that more optimistic um, mm -hmm. mindset. Um, so having said that, um, I think um, there's a few things that I'm excited about um, at Lamprey Nearson and, and just in, in our professions as in general. Um, so the first thing I see is, is a complete change from, from 2D to a 3D design mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Um, we, still, we do our designs now in a 3D world, but we still give the contractors a 2D plan set. And so um, at some point in the near future, I think these 2D plan sets, this like intermediate deliverable just goes away and we communicate and work with our contractors um, over a 3D environment. Um, I actually just saw a really cool technology that uh, construction sites are using that's a it's called spot the dog and it's the robot and the robot has all the plans loaded in and the dog walks around the construction mm -hmm. site um, but it's scanning and it's checking all everything being constructed to make sure it's being done according to the plans so things like that I think are going to continue to evolve and we're going to see more and more of that another technology I'm really excited about is digital twins we've been hearing a lot about digital twins um, so think of a digital twin as a replica of something that exists in the world, but in a completely digital model format. Uh, so an example uh, that I think of is a bridge. So if you imagine a bridge that had sensors on every connection mm -hmm. that was feeding real-time data back to a model of the bridge, and when the bridge has a lot of cars or when there's a lot of wind loading, your digital model has a representation of that exact loading going on. So that digital twin gives engineers the ability to look at, you know, where are we going to see failure points? How is the bridge operating? Is it, a, is it safe to stay in place? And then also run scenarios about, well, what happens if this, um, if, if this bolt were to fail? Mm -hmm. um, they're able to run those scenarios in the digital twin before it happens in the real world. So I think we're going to be seeing that a lot. I think Anything that's built in the environment that can be monitored and 
looked at, um, whether that be sewer systems or buildings or anything else in the real world, is going to eventually have a digital twin that's operating in real time. So then the last technology that I I really am excited about as well is um, called generative design. And so the idea of that, uh, when we do a design today, um, we usually look at a handful of alternatives and we look and decide which one is the best alternative. And then we move on and we do a final design from those um, different alternatives we looked at. With generative design, the idea is to use the computer and the models to run hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of scenarios um, looking at cost effectiveness and materials and having the computer run that and then be able to tell you what is the most optimal solution. Um, We already are starting to see some of that today Mm -hmm. uh, with some of the software we're using. I think we're going to see more and more of that. And um, I just think it's a great value um, that we're going to see for clients and for us as engineers uh, to be able to provide that service. So for Lamprey and Erson, we just need to stay on top of these technologies. Like you mentioned, it's changing fast. And if we're not staying on top of it, um, we're going to get behind. You know, we, I'm sorry, we, we talked about communities earlier, about how we build community trust. And this might be one of those paths to really helping to enhance that through that generative design, finding those solutions that there's such a myriad of inputs into the built environment. And if we can find those solutions that meet the needs of our communities in ways that they hadn't thought out before, that's a great way to start building more trust in communities. Yep, exactly. Thank you, Mike, for that. I I appreciate your comments, and I think you're spot on with what we should be looking at from a technology standpoint. At Lampernearson, we believe in collaborative and inclusive approach to strategic planning that involves the entire company. This ensures that the plan is well aligned with the organization's values, principles, culture, our purpose statement. Kim, having gone through this process, do you have any advice or tips for our listeners who are looking to enhance their strategic planning efforts in their own organizations? So as you said, Nancy, it's it's an important part of our culture here at Lamper Nearson to involve team members throughout the company in our process rather than a more top-down approach involving mostly senior leadership. You know, and we've we've seen great success when we involve folks across the company in those types of efforts that are going to have such a big company-wide impact. So we've done this in strategic planning specifically through surveys, through focus groups. I would encourage any organization going into this type of process to consider ways that you can incorporate the input from employees across your, your company and into the effort. So it it just builds this idea of the shared future that we talked about earlier. It creates buy-in around whatever plan you do create, because chances are you're going to need folks from across the company to bring that plan to life. And additionally, I would say, you know, strategic plans work best when they are not, they're not written in stone and they're not even written on paper if it means you're just going to stick them on a shelf. Make sure that you are looking at your strategic plan as this living, breathing document that's guiding you towards your future. You can't be afraid to shift directions as things change. You know, we've talked about change a lot on this podcast. So if something is no longer relevant, you need to be able to let it go and and move in a different direction. And if something simply no longer makes sense for your company, being able to try a different path shift the way you're, you're doing things, again, just to make sure that you don't have a, a static plan, that your company evolves with the times. 
I think that's so important that, and I think that's one of the reasons why our last strategic plan, we were so effective at wrapping it up in a quicker time than we had anticipated because we were willing to shift and change and adjust as we needed to. Building agility into the plan helps it be implementable because if you don't do that, it's it's not going to happen. And as you mentioned, if you don't have the entire team buy into it, then it's also not going to happen because you don't have excitement around it and you don't have team members that are willing to jump in and do that extra bit of work to make it happen. So I think those are all really important points. So as we wrap up this insightful conversation, what advice do you have for our listeners who want to think like futurists? Mike, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I would love everybody to start thinking like a futurist. So I've got a few points I can point out. So my first piece of advice is just to be uh, curious about the world around you. Ask a lot of questions. I like to talk to my kids about the uh, asking the five whys, Mm -hmm. where if you have a question, um, you get an answer, but then you ask, why is that? Mm -hmm. And then you ask, why is that? And it probably drives me crazy, but that's a good skill to have to keep getting to the crux of the Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, So that's my first piece of advice is to be very curious about the world. Um, The next thing I would say is just to read widely, read a lot. Um, Don't just read the daily news and don't just read things that you're interested in. Um, Read about a whole bunch of different topics. Um, There's a lot of great sources out there, whether it be the websites or books or magazines that provide uh, great information And then as you're reading, um, look for common themes, identify potential signals and trends uh, from what you're reading. And then the really hard part from there, at least for me, is taking all that information and then training yourself to start making connections uh, between things that may be seemingly unconnected like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one example I have is, you know, there's a trend. uh, We all know there's a lack of affordable housing. Um, and then there's a trend in the manufacturing world for 3D printing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do those relate? How can we use 3D printing to maybe help solve the affordability, um, the housing afford- affordability mm-hmm. um, issues? So it's starting to think that way and starting to make connections. Um, so that's that's the most difficult part. But that if you start training yourself, like you said, um, to to train your brain to do that, uh, I think you get better and better at it as you do more. So then the last thing I'll say um, is the one thing that we know for sure, and I think you kind of mentioned this, is that the future is going to be different than what we imagine it to be, mm-hmm. and we need to be prepared to change with it. And so I think I'll leave with uh, the message I heard from our facilitator, uh, Amy Webb from Future Today Institute, and she said it: if we do not, as an industry, embrace the future and embrace new technologies, somebody else will and we will be left behind. So when I heard that, I I took that to heart. So I'm really excited that we are going this route, looking um, at the future, becoming futurist, and setting our company up to be successful, to be able to pivot and navigate towards that North Star. Yeah, I appreciate that. I also appreciate the plug for Futures Today's Institute. Yeah, they've been doing a great job. They've been doing a great job. Kim, how about you? Right. So as Micah said, it, it's not about predicting what will happen. Thinking like a futurist, it's about being willing and able to consider what could happen. And, you know, another plug for Future Today Institute, one of our facilitators, Mark Bryan, said we have to be able to let go of our cherished opinions. Mm-hmm. Right. You you have to be able to suspend your disbelief a little bit, expand your mind to 
what could be possible, not just what you're sure will happen or what you hope won't happen. One exercise I can remember doing a few years ago with our first leadership sprint was looking back, doing a 10-year look back. Mm -hmm. And I think about how that exercise helped me think like a futurist. It just helped me to better see signals and, and all the ways that things could change, even when it seems like not a lot has. With that exercise, uh, we were asked to consider our lives 10 years ago. What was different? Where were we at? Where were we working, living? What phase of our lives were we in? Were we in college or getting married or whatnot? And then we were reminded that 10 years ago, at, at that time, the first iPhone had rolled out which was utterly shocking to me that it had both been only 10 years and already 10 years since that had happened. And we started thinking about what were all the signals that something as drastically different as the iPhone were on the horizon. And as you thought about it, I mean, our cell phones had gone from flip phones to sometimes still flip phones, but you could send a basic text message. A lot of us were carrying around PDAs, if anyone remembers what those are, where we could take our notes and upload them to our computers. And then Blackberries were a thing too, right? A tiny little computer in your hand. So if you think about all those signals that built up to the release of the first iPhone, and now when we think of smartphones as they are today, where they're these tiny super-powered computers that we carry with us every day, all of those signals were there. We just didn't know what we were looking at at the time. And so being able to see those little, little glimmers of the future in our everyday life allows you to better, not predict, but, but better consider what the future could look like. And I will say too, when you're thinking like a futurist, as Mike said, read widely, absolutely get curious. Google is your friend here. Plug the future of anything into Google and it's going to give you this whole expanse of, of options, of things that you can look at whether you're looking at the future of cars or the future of uh, civil engineering, the future of, you know, it's Halloween that we're recording on. So the future of candy, you know, all of these things can help you consider possible futures. And then you can do the work of, if, if it's something that impacts your life, impacts your company, the work of backtracking to figure out how you're gonna get from here to there. Yeah, I love that. I love that 10-year look-back exercise as well. That I'll also give a plug to Jordy Aiken and Aiken Leadership Team group that helped us with our leadership sprint and really thinking about how how do we what does it look like 10 years ago and how, how can you imagine even possibly imagine what's going to look like 10 years from now. And also as we did that work thinking about three horizons, what's growing, what's dying and how we bridge the gap. So many different facets of being a futurist have been woven into the way we do work at Lampernearson. I'm really excited to see what we come up with with our new strategic plan. Yeah, um, I always think about that quote where they say, we tend to overpredict what can happen in a year, but underpredict mm -hmm. what can happen in 10 years. And so our strategic plan is looking 10 years out and we're looking at what is that gonna look like? And it's really exciting to think about what our future is gonna look like in 10 years. Right.
It doesn't have to be spooky on this Halloween night. We can really jump into our future with uh, eyes wide open and excitement about where it could take us. So thank you so much, uh, Kim and Mike, for coming in today to talk to us about strategic planning and being a futurist. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to Legacy Listening with your host, Nancy Predahl. I'd like to thank our guests once again, Mike and Kim, for joining us today. It was a pleasure and honor to have you with us. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like, share, and tune in next quarter as we continue the conversation. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.